0: you got to fight for your right to party! You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network.
1: Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby! Good evening, Chiefs Kingdom. Welcome to the Aftermath Season 3, Episode 8. I am your host tonight, C.J. Jones, with my good buddy, my friend, Chris Tempany. Chris, how are we feeling on this good Victory Tuesday, buddy? A little groggy from a
0: hangover, but actually during the game, it was quite a spectacle. Man, I can't, you know, Raiders week, we were talking about all time, how like maybe they lost a little bit of the luster on the rivalry, and then we get this playoff game, man. They, or not playoff, excuse me, then we get this kind of game. You were actually there, C.J., like what was the atmosphere like at Arrowhead for that football game?
1: The atmosphere was electric. You could tell the fans were juiced up for this one, as if you need any other motivation, Chris. Like you just said, it's Raider Week. We know what that means. We know what that entails. So it's a lot of emotion, a lot of history that goes behind that rivalry. So it doesn't matter what the records are, how well the teams are playing, the weather. We all know what time it is when the silver and black come into town. So the crowd was electric. They got into it for more than more than one reason for sure, and I'm sure me and you will get into it. But it was an electric atmosphere, and Arrowhead showed out again for sure. Yeah,
0: and that led led to the thirty to twenty nine win over the Las Vegas Raiders. Again, there are a lot of points to start, but why don't we just talk about what everyone's talking about? I know we typically leave with the offense, but with you being at Arrowhead and the factor it had, what what are we doing with these roughing the passer calls? Like they've gotten so out of hand. Chris Jones may have made the defensive play of the year. And at it got taken point. away. And it got taken <laughs> at away.
1: Point, fact, at this point, I don't know what more you can ask him to do. Like you just said, he got to the quarterback, stripped the ball first and foremost. And after he stripped the ball, the ball is literally at Derek Carr's feet. So he has to reach for it. So Derek Carr's in front of him. So that entitles him to fall. Then he breaks his fall, Chris, by putting his left hand down. So there's no full body weight. So they can't use that as an excuse. And then he scoops the ball with his right hand and recovers it. Literally, and then he flipped his body off of Derek Carr instead of just laying on top of him. So he literally did everything you wanted a defensive player to do and more. You got the sack. You took the ball at a turnover, and you got your full body weight off the quarterback, and yet there's still a penalty. And you saw it. Everyone else tweeted about it, from Sean Payton to Tony Dungy and plenty of other announcers, Micah Parsons for the Cowboys. Cal- Everybody knows that, hey, that that's a bad call. You can't do that in the biggest moments of the game. It was just a bad look for the NFL. And, yeah, they definitely have to do something to change that. Man, that's twice. In, 24, in 48 hours, we've seen that call. And the first one everyone knows was Grady Jarrett versus Tom Brady in the Falcons-Bucks game. They had a very similar uh, frustrating call as well. So the league definitely has to do something about this, man. It's, it's getting out of control. I just don't know what the defensive player
0: is supposed to. It's just, it just clear to me that these refs have never, and whoever's making these rules, have never played football before. Like, what do you want Chris Jones to do? Because, again, the referee, uh, Sheffers, defended the call after the exactly. game. He doubled he said, down.
1: He doubled down. He doubled sure. down on
0: it. But, like, what is Chris Jones supposed to do? Is he supposed to, like, he has to prioritize not recovering the football? Like, how is he he was able to recover in midair while still doing a pretty good job of not landing completely on a car. Like, how fast do you think the brain functions in that moment? (laughs) Like, I just – it just – I don't – I can't comprehend how you would double down on that unless you have never, ever played football before in your life. And so it's just – Absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, I get that. You know, that's where the NFL is on a safety. We want to protect the quarterbacks. The whole Chua thing has really had the NFL just really tighten that
1: up. And, and I get it. And, I, and, I, and I'm not. I'm not upset about it. But like you said, it's like football, it's logical. Man. Like it's just like you can't force someone's body to not affect by gravity. Like Chris mm-hmm. Jones is 300 plus. Like in the pro game interview, he said he's 320. So like, what are you really expecting take to do in that bite. moment? Like. He's hitting Derek Carr Derek Carr's already have his momentum going that way, so mm-hmm. I'm falling over you so unless you want Derek Carr to move, the only thing I can do is brace my fall by putting my hand down and not only did he put his hand down he's recovered the football by scooping it with his right hand at the same time literally a picture perfect play and they ruin it by throwing a flag like every even if you're not a Raiders fan or a chiefs fan just a football fan in general you don't like that call because it's bad for the game so I can play I'm, I'm with you Chris and the, and the fans definitely show their frustration. Uh, in in the era, oh, awesome. you heard you heard a lot of oh my gosh. you heard a lot of booze going on. So and, and you saw Andy, Andy got into him. Yeah, right he did. Time, so <laughs> it was a it was a bad call, and everyone knows. It. I know everyone on the talk show today have been talking about it and bringing it up, and it was going crazy across Twitter, like plenty other calls as well. But yeah, we gotta we gotta figure out a way to we gotta figure out a way to get these calls corrected, man, because it's always Chris Jones that's involved in this. It's we always 2018 Chris Jones. Uh-huh. AFC Championship game with Tom Brady. We remember the game in the Super Bowl where they called us because we can't talk to quarterbacks anymore. And then we all know the Matt Ryan played with the Colts game a couple years ago. So it's always my twin. It's always it's always CJ's man. Always involved in these plays. So we got to figure it out. What's going on, man? Why do keep ticking on us, Chris?
0: It's just the perfect storm because he's huge. He's six six, which is not even for defense and offensive lineman is not common. Yeah, you that's know? very tall. Yeah, he's cool. huge for an NFL player at six six, over three hundred pounds, and he's got the star power so everyone always has his eyes on him and b he's a loud fun personality you know he's talking he's 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 always talking saying different things and so like that combination of size stardom and personality i think always just you know unfair not puts this extra target on his bet and i think that's why we see them in the middle of all these things because it's just like the perfect combination of a player to always be in the middle of (laughs) these so like but hey, you know the Chiefs ended up winning, and give Arrowhead. I, I even tweeted after Arrowhead won that game, man. Like the Absolutely. the way the calls changed, it's just human nature. Like whether some of the whether all the calls were correct or not, you know, the fact that what I think it was seven to nothing as far as penalties to Chiefs Raiders in the fourth quarter that's arrowhead you know because that they, that they, you guys did not let up the rem- even when they were calling plays on the rate penalties on the raiders and it was benefiting the chiefs the crowd was still out there booing anytime sheffers turned on his mic And, like subconsciously that's got to scare the heck out of every referee in that building a little bit knowing that you have 70,000 plus booing you like that constantly it's going to change the way you call the game it's just human nature and it ended up being a close game like that. I'm really glad that it ended up being on the Chiefs side absolutely. at the end. So, so props to Arrowhead on that, man. That was crazy.
1: No, absolutely. The crowd was into it, man. They were, it, like you just said, even after that call and towards the end of the game. And I was in the crowd talking to some of the Raiders fans, and they even agreed the rest were bad. And it's funny because, like, mm-hmm. for the rest of the game, everyone was booing. We were booing, when we got calls. And their fans mm-hmm. were booing when, when their team got called as well. So we at the end of the day, as, as football fans, yeah, we like our teams, we're our respective players and our coaches from the cities we're from. We just want to see the game be called and be played the right way. And I right. think when you have things like that, it just kind of makes it frustrating as a fan, even more so as a player or a coach, because there's literally nothing else you can ask a player to do in that situation. He literally did everything the right way. Because last season and the season before that, they were saying, don't put your body weight on players. So you can correct that or combat that by putting your hand down to brace the, brace the fall. He does mm-hmm. that, and yet you still flag him for it. So he right. did everything you told a player to do, and yet you still flag him for it. So we all want to see the we, – we've got to be understandable. There's no way for a correct game to be called. There's never going to be a perfect game from a referee standpoint. Human error is ineligible. It's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. But you just want to see the obvious plays get called the correct way. That's the only thing that I think me and you and most people would probably agree on
0: right right for sure for sure now moving on to actual gameplay you know it started real slow Chiefs were down 17 nothing the offense wasn't getting wasn't going at all the Max Crosby and Chandler Jones were, were wrecking havoc early and then Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey just flipped the switch and then we saw Patrick Mahomes throw four touchdown passes all to Travis Kelsey what what is it about those two i mean how everyone in the building knows that's the
1: guy that the ball is being thrown to how do the raiders let him get open every time i couldn't even believe it especially more (laughs) so like the ones in the middle of the field i can get because you know there's obviously there's 53 and a half yards of field wide so there's a lot of coverages and a lot of leverage you can get to create guys open but in the red zone like you said chris that's unacceptable you can't allow Mm -hmm. the the best tight end in football he's been the best tight end in football for years He's obviously the number one target. You can't allow that guy to have one-on-one coverage. Or in some of those touchdowns, Chris, he's just running open. I'm like, right. you would think at the guy who scored twice, even three times. You're like, all right, let's probably keep four eyes on him and not let him get the ball and make somebody else make plays. And for the most part, they did that, that's why you had a big game from MVS, who had 90 yards. You had a big mm-hmm. game from uh, Miko. I think he finished with 78. So guys were able to get open and make plays based off the coverage that Travis dictated, and that was what we talked about all offseason. But for them to be in the red zone and allow the best guy in the league, and me for me, it's like, getting open one-on-one that's just crazy he did it four times and that's a testament to him his work ethic and everything he's done over this off the off season and this year and that's why 87 is one of the best in the business man he's he's hard to stop even when you know he's getting the ball so
0: <laughs> right now it was absolutely incredible and birthday boy MVs you know he did birthday have a good boy game. shout out to MVS to- man Back to back, and you know, he had the one drop on the screen, which you know, I think that's just that's just who he is. There's going to be a couple drops in his He's game. I don't think now, you're gonna yeah. But the last two games, for the most part, have been pretty competitive, solid games from MVS. Is he starting to take over that? I know Juju's going through some injuries. I know McCole's going through some injuries. But is he starting to take over that number two, or is this just going to how the offense is? Where two weeks we think McColl's you know, one, two weeks we think it's just going to rotate all season long.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of like what you said, the second part, it's going to rotate. And if you look at the mm-hmm. press conference by NBS, and I think Juju said it during camp as well, it could be a different guy every week. And I think that's mm-hmm. the beauty of this offense. We know Travis Kelsey sets the tone. We've heard that all year, and that's going to be the staple for the rest of the time he's here. But other guys have to be able to make plays. And I know I broke it down on on the timeline, and I posted a clip of how when we give guys time, when they dictate coverage towards Kelsey, it's going to give everybody one-on-ones. And I saw Dan Orlovsky break down. It was ironic, the same clip I did as well. So when you have guys like Miko who's probably the top five fastest guys in the league, and MVS who's been a big play threat his whole career, and Juju guys who's a big body and good at making contested catches, you're going to get your one-on-one opportunities. Now it's just up to you to get open and win. And when you have a quarterback like Mahomes, I like those chances, and I like those matchups with the guys we have. So I think it could be a different guy's job every week, and I think that's the beauty of this offense.
0: Right, and it definitely wasn't a perfect game. There, you know, there were some ugly moments. I do have some beef with the play calling late a couple things that I wanted to yeah. kind of get your opinion on first yeah. is the going for two. So at this point it's 23 to 30 when the chiefs score, kick the extra point to go up eight, or you go for two and make it a two score game. And I understand the appeal to a two score game, especially when you have that offense, I am kicking the field goal with Patrick Mahomes. And here's why I know that sounds almost counterintuitive because of who your quarterback is, but that ensures that the next time Patrick touches the ball, the worst it could be is a tie. You know if you go for two and don't get it, you get the situation where the Raiders were in where yes, they didn't get their two point conversion, but had they scored later in the in the um, quarter, you know what I'm saying, or like had there not been four and a half minutes and had it been like thirty seconds had they put together like a seven minute drive, which we've seen before, they go down and they go for two. By going by the Chiefs going for two first and failing, you've now put yourself in danger of the other team wasting the clock and making sure Patrick never gets the ball again. With at well, you know, with normal time, with at least a tie. No, you I, can, the, I, I get, you, I get you, you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know. Yeah. I don't know how well have I explained that, but like, you kick no, you the can. extra point, you make it eight. So then that way, if the Raiders do go down and put together, you know, a seven minute drive, go for the two point conversion, tie the game. Then at that point, you know at least Mahomes has a chance to either win it in regulation or go into overtime. You know, without that extra extra chance of losing, like we saw in the Chargers game, what like four years ago, where they went for two at the end, won 29-28. Mahomes didn't really get an opportunity at that point. So I'm just trying to avoid those situations. Thoughts? What are your thoughts on that?
1: No, I, I completely agree. I can see it from both angles, and I've had this conversation with a lot of people today. Basically, where you're feeling as if if we're up seven now. If I make it a two-possession game, you're saying in this scenario, if we get this two-possession lead and make it nine, they have to go for two. And worst-case scenario, if they go for two, we still have the lead. So I think Andy was trying to go for the kill in that moment. And you can say the same thing about Josh McDaniel's situation. Do you want to go for two at that moment and go for the kill and go for the win, or do you want to take the one be safe and put the pressure on the other team. And I think those kind of like that's like the analytical part that people start to think about. And you also have to have some human think thoughts as well and kind of trust your gut. What's the scenario? What's the time and score? Is the weather? How your defense playing? Mm-hmm. What quarterback are you going against? All those factors come into play. Right. So I, I agree with what you're saying. Give us a guaranteed eight point lead. Put right. all the pressure on Derek Carter. to not only have to score and get a two possession. Now you have to go for two points when you get into the end zone as well. So uh, I, I can see what you're saying right there, but you know. Andy's a very aggressive guy. He wants to go for the kill when he has to. We had an offense that was being virtually unstoppable once we got in the red zone in the second half. So I get what he was trying to say in that moment. But I'm, I'm with you. I wouldn't mind just guarantee getting me an eight-point lead, putting all mm-hmm. the pressure on Derek Carr, because I, I believe in that moment our defense would have got a stop. And thankfully, yeah, that we did get a stop at the end of the game. So, But I could definitely see the scenario going both ways. And you can kind of make the argument for why you should or shouldn't go for two. But in that kind of situation, trust your defense, get an eight-point lead, and see if we can get a stop and get off the field.
0: Gotcha. But like, here's my thing. Like it didn't change anything. Like if the chiefs go for two and they get it and they're up 32 points, when the Raiders go down, they're kicking the extra points. So it's 32, 30. So all that happened at the end with the, you know, Devonte bobbling it and then them running into each other. Like that's still all the same, you know, it's still only a two point game where they need a field goal. So I don't really think that going for two aided anything in the, in the end, I, they should just kick the point. But the other thing that annoyed me is so the Raiders score, they miss the two points. Chiefs have the one-point lead. Four and a half minutes left, they can ice the game. Do you want to know what players were used on that final drive before the Chiefs ultimately had to punt it away?
1: I remember. I'll let you tell the fans. I remember though.
0: <laughs> Sky Moore twice, Clyde twice, and McCole
1: Hardman once. And like the McCollum won the McCollin oh, one that gets me—that's the one. I was like, Ugh. all three.
0: Like we, like I think Clyde has done a pretty good job of, of of you know proving the haters wrong that he is a serviceable back. He's not the guy I want the ball in the hands of on the final drive. Sky Moore doesn't get the ball at all, but and you know he he made most of his plays. I'm not saying that the play results were poorly, but like still, why are we drawing up plays for a rookie on a kind of have to have it keep away? And then on third and three, Travis Kelsey has been getting open in big moments all game. Yes, he only had seven catches for 25 yards, but he still had seven catches. You need three yards. You need a big or you need to go big body and go MVS or Juju, you know, possession guy to get the three yards. And McColl, who never seems to know what the heck he's doing half the time, who has a banged up heel, you're running a a deep cross route like – I just eh, – that blew my mind that those were the players that we – the Chiefs decided to use on the final drive when they could have just iced the game and never even given it back to the Raiders.
1: And the one that's so frustrating about the Clyde is on that run going to the right, I think we had a counter call. The hole was there. Wiley mm-hmm. did a great job of pinning yeah. it in and opened up. The hole was there. He just got tripped up by the linebacker. And that's Here the I- moment by right there when you need – it doesn't matter if it's Clyde, Jarek or if it's either Pacheco, I'm sure you as BN me or anybody on that staff, like you have to make that play. We got the hole opened up for you. The lane is there. You're going to have to get through some traffic to get this first down, and we only needed two yards at that moment. So you have to make that play as a running back. And I know, like you just said, Clyde has been serviceable at times, but I would have that same um, frustration for any of our running backs, whether that had been Pacheco or Jerry or Clyde. You have to make that play when the play there for you to be called. I know Sky had a couple – uh, bubbles that he made towards the second half, and he made right. a couple catches, and that's good for him because that's one of his special specialties about like, him is making plays after the catch. So
0: yeah, yeah, but still, why why are we drawing plays up for the rookie in the have to Again, they worked, and so like it's hard to really get nitpicky about the sky more, but like why is he not used in the other parts of the game, but in the important end, he's getting plays run up.
1: Miko when the one that gets me. It's like I don't, yeah, yeah that's the biggest
0: the one. That's the design, the design one.
1: is okay, but the timing of it, I agree with you, is wrong. Like you yeah, don't want yeah, that yeah. play on third and short; you just don't do it
0: exactly exactly and the other thing too is like so i get why pacheco wasn't used he only had one carry because he still struggled in pass protection a little bit as most rookies do and the chiefs had to throw a lot they were down 17 nothing but and it's hard to say this on a rookie because i just complained about them using sky Moore as a rookie but as far as running backs go don't you want the guy that's a little bigger a little stronger that's probably going to get you at least three even when the blocking's not there
1: No, absolutely. I felt there were some scenarios where we could have used Pacheco. And they brought him in a couple of times, but overall, like you said, he only had the the, the solo carry. So Mm -hmm. I would have, and I know I've been hearing things today like maybe they think they're saving him for Bills week because you don't want to run him down too hard because then we're going to use him down the stretch. And all things I understand. But in that moment, I'm with you, Chris. When we need those tough yardage, he's easily the most physical back we have. And when it's second and short, third and short, that's the kind of guy I want. And and shout out to Jared McKinnon because he ran extremely well last night. Yeah, he did. Similar to what he did during the Bengals game in the playoffs last year when the time is on and the lights come on, Jared usually performs very well. So shout out to him and credit him for running hard last night. But, yeah, in those moments, you draft Pacheco for those short yardage, physical yard moments where you have to have it. So those are the moments where I would like to see him get the ball. So I agree with you on that. I would have liked to see him use in certain moments. But I, I'm not mad at them for giving Clyde the ball because out overall for the year, Clyde has played well in certain moments in most of the year. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I would, I do want to see Pacheco play more. I agree with you on that.
0: Right, right, and it's just kind of a, just a more of a strength thing,
1: you know, like exactly, just, yeah, just a stronger guy. Guy. He just, yeah, he just hit harder, guy, yeah, just a harder, yeah, more physical, yeah, you know, and I think they would probably agree with you, like Pacheco's, he's a big dude, bro. So when he mm. runs the ball, he has a little pop to him. So and and you can tell, like Jared McKinnon, I don't know what he had for breakfast yesterday, but it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, I ain't seen him run like that in a while. So yeah, and I yeah, think that's, that's the beauty crazy. of this running back room; it can kind of be anybody's game every week. And it was definitely Jared McKinnon's game last night.
0: Right, and this team the, I think the Chiefs need to do a better job of identifying the hot hand. I think exactly, they're just exactly. too loyal I think for to the
1: Clyde. The kinda did. Like Jarek had I think what touches did he finish with? I think he finished with most of the carries for the end of the game. So he
0: had eight carries and Clyde had nine. Yeah. So like had a good two job catches yeah. and Jarek had three targets and Clyde had four. So like it was pretty split between those two with a little bit more on Clyde. But that's the thing is if you're going with the hot hand, it should be Jarek then getting – again, I think it should have been Pacheco. But if you're just doing the go – the the hot hand theory, give Jarek the ball at the end of the game. You know, So no, I don't know. There's a, We're nitpicking on a win, but those are just things that I saw that had the Raiders gone down and scored that field goal, had Devontae maintained possession on that third down catch, and, we're, and the Chiefs had lost 32-30. to 30 those are the kinds of things that we'd really be harping on. And so I just want the chiefs to be able to clean that up as they get into a big game with the Buffalo
1: bills. Oh, no, absolutely. We can always be objective. There's always ways to tell them what you did wrong and tell them what you did right as well. And there's always moments of critique and always moments where you want to see your team be better. Cause there's never a perfect game for any week, whether it's a blowout or a comeback win or a last minute win as well. So there's always room for improvement. And we kind of said this about our running back room. It's kind of going to be a, by committee mm-hmm. group. And for the most part, I agree with you're saying. I th- and I, I like the way they did stick with Jarek in the certain drives where he was running really well. They didn't mm-hmm. pull him out, which that was one thing that drove me crazy last year when one of our backs like Daryl or Jet be running well, we would pull him out and bring in another guy. I'm like, if he just had two good runs, Chris, let him run the whole drive. Like he's playing well, right. so keep giving him the ball. So I agree with right. you on that part for sure.
0: Right. And thank goodness on the defensive end that the Chiefs are playing the Raiders because anytime they threw it up to Devontae, it resulted in a positive play for the Raiders. Fortunately, they only did it like five total times. I think that it it led to two touchdowns, a 20-plus yard game, and two PIs, the five times they threw the ball down to Devontae. Why did they not do it more? Because the Chiefs could do nothing to
1: stop that man. No, I was surprised, too. Like, some of those plays where they were trying to, scheme him open they were having him run short yardage and i'm like i'm with you If every time we threw the ball downfield essentially he either caught it or got a pi so if yeah. i was Josh daniels every route he running is going to be down the field for the rest of the game because our dbs could do nothing with him outside of the plays where we had sneed guarding him because i know there was a couple couple of back shoulder phase they tried to get going to him and sneed did a good job of playing on his eyes over the top and keeping that back hip ready to be active but yeah overall i mean Devontae's he's the best receiver in football i kind of had these doubts coming into the game that he would probably have a big week because He's obviously been frustrated with him and Derek Carr. Their connection hasn't been well. I know me and you talked about that last week as well. So they were going to obviously have a get-right game. I hate it It had to be against us, but, I mean, you can't really be too mad about what he did because some of those plays, Jalen Watson's right there. He's on the ball. He's in the face of Devontae. He just made a play because you've got to get your head around. And as a young guy, he has to learn that. Or maybe he does get his head around, he just doesn't do it fast enough. So um, that's one of the best guys in the league. And he does a great job of having late hands. And when you mean when I mean late hands, it's like you don't have your eyes look for the ball. You wait to the absolute last second to look for it to where the DB doesn't have a chance to react. So that's just Devontae being Devontae. So we we knew coming into the season, he's gonna be a hard guy to stop for for any defense, let alone uh, some you know, some late round rookies. So I'm excited to see what that matchup is gonna to be towards the end of the year when we have a full group of Trent McDuffie, Legerious Schnee, you know, Rashad Fenton, Josh you Williams, know, Jalen Watson. I think it'll be a, a very different matchup, but a definitely exciting game for sure.
0: Yeah, it is an area of concern for me because I mean, obviously, in today's game, most of the time, those star receivers are going to get theirs. I don't care who's playing corner; like, there's a reason that these we see these guys do what they do every week. But at the same time, you know, Mike Williams eight, Mike Evans eight, Devontae eight. You've got um, Stephon Diggs coming in this week. You play Debo the week after that. You still Jay have Boyle Sutton yeah. on the on the schedule twice. You know, like. Cooper cup at one point. So you you've got all these guys. And if you can't even show, they haven't shown an ability to slow them down even a little bit. I, again, the reason that Devontae didn't have a bigger game is just the Raiders inability to throw to him more. You know, they just would have thrown to him more. He could, they might've had crazy, crazy numbers, but that is a little bit concerning how difficult of a time the chiefs have had stopping these star receivers and so I'm curious on how much of an impact McDuffie will make on that because what he's eligible to come back this week. I don't know. I haven't heard if he, if the plan is is or not. I still think after the bye, so what, three weeks from now um, would be the best time to put him back. But the secondary on, on those tougher level wide receivers, the Chiefs have had some trouble. Because, again, we've talked about Snead does okay, but he's not. His, he's not his his value isn't putting him on an island on the outside his value is keeping him inside his slot corner putting him on blitz and things like that if you're having to sacrifice that by having him go man up the best receiver for most of the game you lose a little bit of what you can do on defense
1: no absolutely and it's kind of based off personnel so when you're playing a team like the Raiders who honestly coming into the season i think that was probably outside of Cincinnati probably the best receiver in core in the league if you take away all taking account all their weapons they have mm-hmm. best receiver in the game is Devontae adams Arguably a a top five tight end in the league, and Darren Waller, and then Hunter Renfrow was one of the best slot receivers in the league as far as getting open. So that's a tough group group to stop. And Darren Waller didn't finish the game because he had a hamstring injury. But we all know how special that group was coming into the year. So we knew that wasn't going to be an easy task at all. So. Like I said, this schedule's a gauntlet, like you just mentioned, Chris. We play good receivers essentially every week. So there's not really an off week in this league. And guys are guys are really good, and that's why we have to make an emphasis on getting pressure up front. And I think we will do that at such a better time when we have obviously our full crew back, obviously, when we get guys like Willie Gay back in the lineup, Trent McDuffie back in the lineup. We start getting George Karloff just more involved in the twists and stunts, and Chris Jones continues to be special. I think it's going to be a big opportunity and a big – um expectation for our DBs to have to play better. I'm sure you and Spags and all the guys in the, in the locker room are definitely telling them, hey, we have to be better because when you play these elite receivers, they're going to keep challenging you. So there's a lot of moment for growth and guys to go in there and sharpen the tools and get better this week because it doesn't get any easier this week. You've got Stephon Diggs and, and Gabe Davis coming in, in in the town, so we know how they've been playing this year. So it's a tough group and a group I'm sure they're excited to get going after.
0: Yeah, for sure. And shout, quick shout out to George Karloff is getting his first sack. I guess they yes, didn't sir. give Frank. They didn't even give Frank a half sack on that. But let's move <laughs> into the game of the week. It's the game everyone's going to be talking about. You're probably already going to be annoyed with it by the time it actually gets to Sunday. The Bills coming to town. CJ, what's what's the expectation, man? What's I mean, first time these two teams have played since the maybe best playoff game in the history of the NFL.
1: It's gonna be a big game. This is the one everybody's obviously excited for, right? Like like you said, best playoff game divisional ever. The two best quarterbacks in the game right now, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Two of the most controversial teams in the league right now, as far as like all the, the names have been added, names that have been uh lost to be a free agency, via trade, via injury. There's a lot of things that are going into this week, man. And it's just nothing more you could ask for. A 325 kickoff at Arrowhead Stadium, and you got the Bills Mafia coming in town, and I think the spread of Vegas has them now at minus two and a half. I think that line's been moving. It was at three or three and a half, like I think yesterday or a couple of days ago. So it's been kind of moving ever since the, since the end of our game versus Vegas. So I don't think no more you could ask for this game. It has every storyline, everything you could talk about. So it's it's going to be electric, man. I can't, I can't wait to be there Sunday. I know the fans are going to be rocking. I know the stadium's going to be loud. So I'm, I'm super excited for Sunday, Chris. Man, you get to go to every game, CJ. I'm 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 so thankful. God is good, man. This is you the know, one reason why I got these tickets for moments like this, Chris.
0: <laughs> you're not going to San Francisco, are you?
1: I wish. I think the only road okay. game I'll probably go to. I went to Indianapolis. I'm probably gonna and try to make it they I lost and I'm blaming you. you. I'm blaming you for going out of the road. I can't believe we did that. The only road
0: game they lost was the game you
1: were at. See, that's not even fair, man. When (laughs) I got there, we we literally had the game won. Uh, 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 The home games I go to, we win. So, hey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Going, so. Exactly, you got to keep going, going to the right home right.
0: games, but don't go to San Fran. Don't go to Denver when that happens. You know, you you keep it keep it at Arrowhead. I don't want no more road trips. You hear? Oh,
1: the way Russ is playing, I'm not spending any money to watch yeah, it. There you go. I'm right, right.
0: Go <laughs> <laughs> I could just see that you know Denver being the close one. I was like, I could see you making that drive.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna come up there. I'm like, Jesus Christ, he waited till today. No, I'm super excited for this one, man. It's a lot of. A lot of guys that are probably going to be in or out the lineup because I know the Bills are dealing with injuries. We're dealing mm-hmm. with injuries, but like you said, at the end of the day, Chris, no excuse. It's the NFL. You got to march on. Next man up. Guys don't give you any kind of slack or show you any kind of leeway because you're missing a couple guys. You got to show up. You got to play. So um, a good, a really, 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 really good Bills team is playing at a high motor. They just had a good game coming off the blowout. Versus Steelers, I don't know how much you can take away from that because obviously, obviously everything they're going through as well. So what are your some of the things you're looking forward to this game on Sunday?
0: I think it all starts – you aren't going to stop Josh on from throwing the ball. Like that's just not a thing. It's not something that this team is really equipped to and it's not something any team is really equipped to. So you have to limit his ability to run the ball. I think that's my number one focus on the week because the Bills already don't really have a running game. I don't know if it's their line. They're kind of in a similar backfield situation where there's a bunch of guys that, you know, they're probably up there for one of the lower like running back rooms in the NFL. And so they rely on their quarterback, who's a big guy who can take a hit, who doesn't slide take that take that game away make them one make them throw it because there are going to be misses you know Josh Allen is going to take his shots and things are aren't going to go wrong so make it to where they're very one dimensional and at that point it makes the game longer cuz if you can't run and you're throwing more you're either scoring fast or you're you're or you know the, it's a quick possession on time so that gives Patrick Mahomes the ball more opportunities to score so that's my number one thing is take the running game away from Josh Allen
1: no, absolutely. We know the Bills are a team that they want to throw it, no matter what the weather is, whether if it's windy like they had the game in Baltimore, or they're, they're playing in the snow. They they want to rip it, man. They got a quarterback who's very confident in Josh Allen. He has a lot of weapons. I know he has some guys that may be dealing with injuries, as far as Jamison Crowder or I know Isaiah McKenzie's coming off the concussion. But when you got two dominant receivers like Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs, you don't need too much else around those two guys because they can get it going and they can put pressure on any any secondary they see. So. This is a matchup for me. My points would be, as, a, as an offense, we have to run the ball. If we establish right. that that dominance and establish that, try to win the time of possession similar to how we played versus the Bucks. And I think some of the points I saw in that uh, if people want to go back and watch film two weeks ago when Buffalo played Baltimore, Baltimore had 38 minutes of time of possession. They ran the ball extremely well. I think they ran for like 120 yards that day. So when you can run the ball and keep Josh Allen on the sideline, you keep their offense off the field. They give you a chance to put up points and then kill the clock and give your defense a chance to rest as well. So nothing you want to have more than a than a, than a tired defense going against a guy like Josh Allen when you got him on your heels. So uh, we have to come into this week and be aggressive and establish that run game the way we did um, versus Tampa Bay and the way we tried to do last night. If we can come in there and we can do that and keep them off the field, that'll give us a good chance to win this game.
0: I am curious, like how the Bills are going to play the Chiefs. You know, since this will be the first time without Tyreek Hill, and they're exactly. not really scared of the over-the-top, but they, you know, um, Poyer—it's Poyer's player but Hyde's the one out for the season, right? As far as safety safety school,
1: I think Micah Micah the one's out for the year, and Jordan yeah, yeah, Micah Heisle. Heisle
0: and, and Poyer's still around, yeah. And then Tre'Davious White's still kind of battling, hit through his stuff as well, so their secondary's banged up. So, like, it's it's a big game for for those receivers, for Juju and and, M V S to kind of keep building off that. You know, if M V S has another strong game, that's going to be really encouraging. Because, again, we already talked about 90 yards last week. I think he had 70 the week before. So he's starting to trend in that up direction. There's there's going to be opportunity. There's going to be plays downfield, especially if the Chiefs are able to run the ball. So making the most of those, uh, that's another thing to
1: keep an eye on. No, absolutely. This is going to be a great opportunity for them because, like you just said, they're dealing with injuries. They're two starting safeties. Micah Highs, out for the year. Jordan Poyer has mm-hmm. been dealing with um, a rib injury, I believe, which is nasty. Yeah, he's still see that up. Uh, they got a lot of guys that are missing. Obviously, Tredavious White hasn't played at all this year. Uh, one of their corners, Benford, and I think Coleman was dealing with injuries as well. So uh, they're a deep group. They're got they got, they're playing a lot of young DBs in their secondary as well. I know people wouldn't notice by the way they played Pittsburgh, but they're playing a lot of young people as well. I think Kyrie Elam, their rookie out of Florida, and they have another rookie they're playing as well. So they they have a lot of youth in their secondary just like we do, but they can kind of cover up those mistakes when they have veterans up front like – Obviously, Edmonds. Then they got Vaughn Miller and Ed Oliver and those kind of guys up front. So it's a good group, even with the injury. You definitely have to go in there and, and be on your A game because they're going to come in here. They're going to be pissed off. They're going to be mad about the way that like the last two times they've been here, it's either been a good win and, and bad weather, or they had a dramatic loss at the end with the 13 second play. So there's always there's always uh, room for improvement for a team like us for going against a team like them. There's no extra motivation needed, but this week is a big big week for us, Chris. I'm very excited to see how Spags. Comes up with a game plan to try to slow down Josh Allen, like you said. Yeah, the he looking at the
0: rushing leaders. Josh Allen has been the rushing leader for this team four out of the five He's the games they played. He's
1: their engine. So, so <laughs> and seventeen.
0: And again, the game that the 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 Bills lost to Miami, twenty-one nineteen. Josh Allen had 400 passing yards. You just have to know that he's going to sling it. He only it. had 47 rushing yards. And so that, that really time. limited, stalled some of their jobs. They were moving the, they were moving the ball well, clearly. You, you don't throw for 400 yards without moving the ball. But they had dry stall. They weren't able to punch it in because of their lack of running game that the Dolphins were able to limit. So I, I I'm doubling down on that, man. I really think that's the key. I think. You don't worry about the passing yards. I mean, obviously you do your best to stop but You dial up some blitzes. Maybe you have Sneed, obviously. But like don't get in a fit if, you know, the, the Bills are putting together, you know, a couple first downs after first downs. Just know that eventually it's really hard to sustain in the NFL for a long period of time. That those plays are gonna eventually lead to mistakes. There's gonna be a tip pass. There's gonna be a sack, you know, something's gonna happen. Just don't let them run the dang ball.
1: No, absolutely. That's the team they want, to, they want to throw the ball regardless. And they kind of replace some of their run games, like I said, via handoffs, They throw a lot of bubbles. They throw a lot of screens to guys. like A name that people probably need to get familiar with is Khalil Shakur, one of their young receivers they drafted mm-hmm. in, the, in the draft this year. He's going to be very involved especially with Jameson Crowder and Isaiah McKenzie dealing with their injuries. He's going to get a lot of touches because i seen him make a couple of plays in the Pittsburgh game. And I was wondering when he was going to break out and start getting involved and via injury, he's going to be playing a lot now. So like you said, don't let them get the ball running. Cause just like, just like via us, if you're looking at from the Buffalo Bills perspective, if they're looking at our offense, when we start running the football, it's hard to stop us as well. Cause you can play mm-hmm. action guys like Kelsey and, MVS and Juju and Miko's one of the fastest guys in the league so we have guys that can make plays just like their offense has guys that can make plays and whoever really controls the line of scrimmage and wins that time of possession in my opinion is going to be the team that's going to come out on top because either both defenses are dealing with injuries I know some guys probably won't be there for them just like us as well so um, yeah whichever coordinator comes up with a better game plan because if you can get pressure on these QBs and get them in those third and longs. Those are situations that they can make plays in, they just don't want to be in. So to nullify that, you can run the football and keep you in second and short, third and medium in those situations where your whole offense is available to you. So I'm very excited to see what guys like Frazier for Buffalo and Spags do with these defenses. So it's going to be a good game. And there's there's so many good matchups we can talk about. We could be here all night. So I'm so excited for Sunday, Chris.
0: Right, but let's just get into it. The Chiefs are actually underdogs in this game. And I think the only time the Chiefs have been underdog, this will be the fourth time in the Patrick Mahomes era that the Chiefs have been underdogs at Arrowhead. Oddly enough, two of those games, Patrick Mahomes didn't even play. It was the it was the Packers and Minnesota games that they were underdogs. So really, it's only the second time in Patrick Mahomes' career that he'll be a, a straight up underdog in Arrowhead. Two
1: and a half points,
0: fifty four over and under. What's your predictions? I'm
1: uh, definitely taking the Chiefs with the points. Um, I definitely think the two and a half is. Uh, I, I get the spread because basically the way the Bills have been playing this year, mm-hmm. first half of their schedule has been a little lighter than ours. Ours has been very tough. Obviously we played a lot of good offense, a lot of good QBs to start the season off. Um, I would definitely take the point that Chiefs to cover that two and a half. And as far as the over under, I may lean towards the under. I don't think it may be as high really? as we want it to be. Cause I, I think both defenses try to make a point to try to not let them be so explosive and try to keep the ball in front of you. Obviously with the, the playoff game, Tyron Matthew went out and then obviously that just kind of took the roof off the defense for us. And, they just started attacking us down the field so much with those seams and those double moves, and Gabe Davis just had a career day on us. And I think this this, this time around we're going to make a, a emphasis to not let them beat you over the top. And I think they're probably going to say the same thing as well. And I know you kind of mentioned it earlier, how is Frazier really going to play this offense without Tyreek? I think he may get a little more aggressive, try to get in our face a little bit, try to make guys make plays, or he may respect us and keep that too high shell. So uh If I had to get my score prediction, Chris, I'm going to go Chiefs, obviously. I'm going to go – I'm going to say Chiefs 24, Bills 23 in a close one.
0: Okay. This will be the first time that we really differ. Now, I think it's going to be close, too, that we really differ on how this game is going to be played. I think it's going to be a shootout. I don't think either of these defenses are really equipped to slow down these two quarterbacks. Oh, wow the chiefs the both these are the, this is the number one and number two highest scoring offenses in the league through five weeks the chief's averaging almost thirty two the bill's averaging about thirty and a half points a game one and two so I think points are gonna be up on the board I think it's gonna be it's the prime time game that's not the prime time game All eyes are gonna be on it I'm going thirty four thirty one chiefs do we go I'm trying to think whether that close are we going like Butker or Matt Wright, who did kick a 59. Are we going that like game yeah, winner? Or Bucker, we go?
1: Bucker plays, I, I think Butker makes a game winner too, but I think yeah, he's yeah, a little slower if, to win, that's what I think it is too.
0: If, if, if Butker plays, I would love to say, you know, it's 31-31, you know, minute 51 left, Mahomes gets the ball, <laughs> drives down the field, hits Kelsey and Juju a couple times. Bucker lines up for a 47-yarder, nails it as time expires. Chiefs win 34-31. That's what I'm going. No, it's they locked in now. Hard. What's I, I, what's
1: the what, what's the spread that they had it at what fifty four? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let me see. It's a lot of factors I like because I know there's certain guys going to be playing because I, I think Poyer plays. I know they said he's dealing with ribs, which is a nasty injury. But I think in this kind of matchup, guys are going to. I know I, if I know all this. My 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 thoughts are based off of if Trent McDuffie plays because I mm-hmm. think that's why we may not have let them have a bigger game as they usually do. Make them have to run the ball and move the ball down the field. So if. If I'm taking everything into account, best case scenario of all the guys we just said play like Poirier, McDuffie, Bucker, I, the Bucker being the biggest one, I could right. see like I'll, – I'll bump it up a little bit for you, Chris. I'll say 28-27. That's my you final You don't final have final to final bump
0: final. it up for me, final final
1: me man. Final I'll, final. I'll, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going
0: to make yeah, it a little CJ, you know we're allowed to have different opinions, right?
1: No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was basing off like what players I've seen because I'm thinking like, okay, is he really going to play? Because like it's all – based because if certain guys don't play, I don't think it's going to be that high scoring because obviously guys are not going to make as many – I don't want us to miss any more kicks. Please let Bucker – God, please, please let Bucker play this week. Jesus. Prayer circle for Harrison Bucker's ankle. We need him playing this week, guys.
0: Right, right, for sure. And uh, we didn't even mention Vaughn Miller, who will be a factor on oh, this game. We too much mentioned
1: about him. <laughs>
0: but but we've – you know, the, the Chiefs and – gosh, if Orlando Brown – who I thought was going to be a long day. We're, we're jumping back. I know we're supposed to end the show, but like I thought it was going to be a long day with the way Chandler Jones was going after Orlando Brown they early. They made adjustments. They made adjustments. He, he, they made adjustments, and you know what? I haven't looked up in the tape to know if that was more chipping and doubling or if Orlando Brown just generally played better the last three quarters, but he can't afford to get on that, get on that kind of start with Vaughn Miller. Cause no, Vaughn Miller will make the Chiefs fake quick. Absolutely. So that is, that is, that's the one factor that could slow the Chiefs offense down. But other than the pass rush, we, the Chiefs played a lot of good pass rushes and they put up a lot of points against those. So I, Mahomes has a way and Andy Reid has a way of scheming up those things. And, you know, even if it looks bad
1: early of, uh, getting in favorable matchups late in games, I still think it's a shootout. So No, absolutely. That's a that's a group up front. And and granted to Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, that's one of the best pass rush duos in the league. So Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously the Bills have a good D-line as well, but Von Miller is the one that sets the tone for them. So they have some other guys on the side of the ball that can rush the passer, but I don't know if yeah, they have a guy versus, like uh, Jordan it. Phillips. Yeah, Jordan Phillips. They have, uh, I think, a Russo, that's how you say his name, I believe. Yeah, that's yeah. So they have guys, but I don't know if they have a Max Crosby and a, and a Chandler Jones type of combo. So for sure. overall, for sure. I think that de- that defense is better, but that's one of the best duos I think you're going to see in the NFL, and I don't kind of look at the record. The, Ra- the Raiders are a better team than what that record says. So uh, Right. Going to you – know, going
0: going from bosa and going from bosa and uh Man. <laughs> mac to, to the entire bucks D line to crosby and jones to just Vaughn miller is a sigh of relief a little bit exactly like, okay one guy. From, we have to worry about four guys <laughs> we got here. one real guy to worry about this week instead of eight so
1: exactly but, <laughs> but yes <laughs> So,
0: we went a little long this week. This is the first time we got into the 40s. There's just a lot to talk about with how fun it game, game was big against game. the Raiders and with this game against the Bills. So, uh, hopefully, you stuck with us. Hopefully, we didn't bore you too much. Uh, CJ, where can the good people find
1: you, though, as we wrap things up? They can always reach us on Twitter, Chris. My Twitter is CGZ81. That's CJEEZY81. I'll post some clips for sure to get some film breakdown this week. And I post as much content as I can when I'm at Arrowhead as well. There we go. I love it. And you
0: can always follow me on Twitter at 10penny8, always t- tweeting my feelings through the ups and the downs of the football game. So, again, we appreciate you guys all listening. Love the support. Um, and hopefully we're talking about a huge Chiefs victory next week. Yes, we'll sir. Talk next- we'll talk to you next time. Chiefs.